Welcome to the Paranormal Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Thanks for stopping by. This is the place to explore mysteries, investigate the otherworldly, and share stories of the inexplicable and the strange. You see, within the realm of our daily, ordinary lives, there is a paranormal factor always waiting to reveal itself. So let's begin exploring together the truly weird. Welcome listeners and thanks for stopping by. Let me start by thanking all of you for helping to make the Paranormal Factor podcast successful in our first year. With our launch at the end of September last year, we accomplished quite a bit and we've continued to grow with listeners like you. I'm really humbled and grateful that you choose to make the podcast a part of your listening activities. With 14 episodes now under our belt, we're definitely ready to tackle new exciting stories in 2022. So, what do you say? Let's get started with this first episode of the new year. On to our episode. The Falk Monster, also known as the Boggy Creek Monster, and the Swamp Stalker is purported to be an ape-like creature similar to descriptions of Bigfoot. It was allegedly sighted in spectacular fashion in the countryside town of Falk, Arkansas during the early 1970s. This creature was alleged to have attacked a local family and has become a part of both American and Arkansas folklore. Stories of the creature influenced the 1972 docudrama horror film entitled The Legend of Boggy Creek, which is today considered to be a cult classic. The creature was named by journalist Jim Powell, who reported on it for the Texarkana Gazette and the Texarkana Daily News. Various reports between 1971 and 1974 described it as being a large, bipedal creature covered in long, dark hair. It was estimated to be about 7 feet tall with a weight of 250 to 300 pounds, and later reports claimed it was even larger, with one witness describing it as 10 feet tall with an estimated weight of over 800 pounds. Some of the accounts describe the Falk monster as running swiftly with a galloping gait and swinging its arms in a side-to-side motion. Reports also describe it as having a terrible odor, the odor being described as a combination of a skunk and a wet dog. That is terrible. And as having bright red eyes about the size of silver dollars. You know, monsters really seem to have cornered the market on red eyes. A variety of tracks and claw marks have been discovered which are claimed to belong to the creature. One set of footprints reportedly measured nearly a foot and a half in length and seven inches wide, while another appeared to show feet that only possessed three toes. The creature is said to haunt the network of creeks extending from the Sulphur River bottoms in southern Arkansas to the small town of Falk. Falk, which is in Miller County, is a modest town in southwest Arkansas. It's situated 16 miles southeast of Texarkana and about 56 miles due north of Shreveport, Louisiana. The infamous Boggy Creek is just south of town, running east to west. Over the years, the creature has been seen by countless people, including respected citizens, experienced hunters, famous musicians, and even a police officer. 
named for James H. Falk, a Presbyterian entrepreneur, lumberman, and railroad executive. The town is small, having a population of just 808 people in 2020. It's a very rural area. The excitement began when a farmer found three-toed tracks size 14 E on the edge of a soybean field in 1971. A carload of Texarkana residents said the monster dashed across US-71 one late spring evening that same year, and a deer hunter said she spotted the creature in heavy timber. One man even moved his family to another town after what he described as a terrifying encounter with the monster that sent him screaming through a closed door. But the initial reports of the monster didn't occur during 1971. Oh no, sightings of the monster began earlier, much earlier. Prior to the 20th century, several alleged sightings in the general area related to a large, hairy creature circulated in an 1851 report in the Memphis Inquirer, and an 1856 report in the Cato Gazette out of nearby Shreveport, Louisiana. Local residents today claim that the creature has roamed the immediate area of Falk, Arkansas, and the Boggy Creek Wilderness since 1964, but those sightings had not been reported. Local folklore also holds that the creature can be further traced back to sightings in 1946. Most early sightings were allegedly in the region of Jonesville, a tiny village near the town of Falk. The creature was known at that time as the Jonesville Monster, in 1955, the creature was allegedly spotted by a 14-year-old boy who described it as having reddish-brown hair, sniffing the air, and not reacting when it was fired upon with birdshot. However, investigator Joe Nickel observed the description was consistent with a black bear in the region that might have been misidentified. However, it was in the 1970s when the Falk monster phenomenon really took off. The Falk monster first made local headlines in 1971 when it was reported to have attacked the home of Bobby and Elizabeth Ford on May the 2nd, 1971. More on that in a bit. Boggy Creek looks like any other stream you might see that passes underneath a highway bridge, but if you look closer at its isolation and mysterious undergrowth, the creek can take on an atmosphere all its own. The possibilities of an imposing, hulking, cryptid lurking just a bit beyond the trees creates new mysteries and stories around the flowing creek. It was land that was made for something like the folk monster. Longtime folk mayor Terry Purvis describes how a woman called him breathless just a few years ago. Boy, you could tell the anxiety, the quivering in her voice, Purvis recalled. I mean, something happened and she told us about the sighting that she had just had. Denny Roberts is the owner of the Monster Mart in Folk. It originally started as a convenience store, but has now transformed into the Folk Monster Museum. I've had friends that live back in the bottoms that were telling me about the sightings, but they didn't want to mention it to anybody, says Roberts. They didn't want to be made fun of. Mayor Purvis said he has personal friends, who he's known for years, that have seen the cryptid but he said he's not going to be the one to call them a liar. Tom Zorn says his first run-in with the monster was back in the 1950s. That night, something comes up the drive. Crunch, 
crunch. By the third time, he had stepped in our drive, and I turned and said, Mama, and she looked at me and said, I hear it. These footsteps draw closer and closer until Tom knows there's something right outside the house. As he comes up to the first window, I've got the pistol pointed at the second window, and I can't see my hands, it's so dark. He gets to the second window, comes down with his foot, boom! As that foot hit, I fired three rounds. Total quietness. No breathing, no screaming, no running, nothing, Tom recalled. Another encounter comes from a man who now tries to find the monster. William Lunsford was a teenager walking down a road when he saw something very strange. And this thing was on the side of the road. He had squatted down and he had a limb in front of his face and he stands up. He lifts this limb and then he just keeps standing up. Lunsford stood frozen in fear. And he looks at me and he's just wobbling. But you can see his eyes, they're as black as coals. It looked like he was reading my mail, and I just thought, oh my gosh. I knew what I was seeing. He sits there for a minute, he teeters and turns, and just that quick, in two steps, he was in the woods. Yet, as frightening as those encounters are, they are nothing compared to the sheer horror of the event experienced by Bobby and Elizabeth Ford on May the 2nd. 1971. In the early 1970s, a Falk resident reported being attacked by a mysterious creature. On May 2nd, 1971, Bobby Ford reported to the Falk constable that he was attacked at his house by a hairy creature that breathed heavily, had red eyes, and moved very fast. Ford said the man-like creature which was about seven feet tall and three feet across the chest, put its arm around his shoulder and grabbed him. Ford broke free from the creature and ran, reporting that he ran so fast that he didn't stop to open the front door but barreled right through it. He was treated at a local hospital with minor scratches and shock. Ford said there were other eyewitnesses, including his brother and a hunting companion. Ford's wife, Elizabeth, claimed that she was asleep in the front room when she saw a hairy arm with claws coming in the window. She also saw the creature's red eyes. On the night of the attack, Ford claimed, he and his hunting companion spotted the creature at the back of Ford's house with the aid of a flashlight. They shot at it and thought they saw it fall. The men started out toward it, but Bobby Ford ran back to the house when the group heard women screaming. Upon Ford's return to the house, he was attacked. The men shot at the creature several more times, but investigators never found blood. The sheriff's department searched the area, and the only things officers found were a set of strange tracks and claw scratches on the Ford's porch. According to the Fords, they had heard something moving around outside late at night several nights prior but having lived in the house for less than a week, had never encountered the creature before. Jim Powell, then a reporter for the Texarkana Gazette and the Texarkana Daily News, and Dave Hall, then director of Texarkana radio station KTFS, went to Ford's place and found a terrified family moving out of the house it had owned less than a week. Powell wrote an article that appeared in the newspaper 
outlining the family's alleged sightings and attack. The next day, both the Texarkana Gazette and the Texarkana Daily published the same follow-up story. It contained the first reference to the name Falk Monster. The Associated Press and United Press International Wire Services transmitted the article to newspapers across the country. According to Elizabeth Ford, the creature, which she initially thought was a bear, reached through a screen window that night while she was sleeping on a couch. It was chased away by her husband and his brother, Don. An extensive search of the area failed to locate the creature, but those strange three-toed footprints were found close to the house, as well as the scratch marks on the porch and damage to a window and the house's siding. Just three weeks later, the creature was allegedly sighted again on May the 23rd, 1971, when three people, D.C. Woods Jr., Wilma Woods, and Mrs. R.H. Sedgas, reported seeing an ape-like creature crossing U.S. Highway 71. More sighting reports were made over the following months by local residents and tourists who found additional footprints. The best-known footprints were found in a soybean field belonging to local filling station owner Scott Keith. They were scrutinized by game warden Carl Galleon, who was unable to confirm their authenticity. Like the Ford prints, they appeared to indicate that the creature had only three toes. The incident began to attract substantial interest after news spread about the Ford sighting. The Little Rock, Arkansas radio station KAAY posted a $1,090 bounty on the creature. Several attempts were made to track the creature with dogs, but they were unable to follow its scent. When hunters began to take interest in the Falk monster, Miller County Sheriff Leslie Greer was forced to put a temporary no-guns policy in place in order to preserve public safety. In 1971, three people were fined $59 each for filing a fraudulent monster report. Many people believe that sighting reports of the creature stopped in the mid-1970s after the movie Mayhem died down. However, the sighting reports did not stop. Just as sightings predated 1971, the sightings of a large, hairy, man-like creature in the Falk area continue right up until today. In his terrific book, Boggy Creek Casebook, author and cryptid researcher Lyle Blackwood details numerous sightings over the years. The website, falkmonster.net, details many of the most recent sightings. We'll post links to both of those in the show notes for you. Within the last five years, the following sightings have occurred. Make of them what you will. 2016 a newspaper carrier was driving south on Highway 71 at 4 a.m. when a tall, bipedal figure stepped into the road and ran across with long strides. In the headlights, the witness could see that its body was covered in hair. After it crossed the road, it disappeared into the woods. 2017. A truck driver was traveling south of Falk at approximately noon when he observed what appeared to be a large, hair-covered animal in a clear-cut pipeline. The figure was moving upright on two legs in the clear-cut between a fence and a deer stand. 2017. A man and wife were driving south of Falk near Boggy Creek at around dusk. As the woman looked toward the northbound lane, she saw a real tall, hairy, human-like figure standing at the tree line. 
Her husband was driving and could not look back fast enough to see the figure. 2017. Two researchers were driving on a road in the Sulphur River Wildlife Management Area at around 3 p.m. when they saw a large upright figure standing in the middle of the road. It quickly darted into the woods as they hit the brakes. 2018. Two female witnesses were driving north on rural Highway 71 in the early evening when they saw a large upright figure run across the road in approximately four strides. As they passed by in their car, they could see it running down the middle of a road which runs perpendicular to the highway. They quickly turned around, but by the time they got back to the side road, the figure was already out of sight. Whatever it was, it was moving quickly and with great agility. The year 2019 was a busy year for the Falk monster. There were five sightings reported. A young witness claims to have seen a monkey man in the woods while sitting in her father's truck along one of the rural roads at night. The location is near the Sulphur River where many sightings of the alleged Falk monster have been reported over the years. A hunter was scanning an area of woods with his binoculars when he caught sight of a dark figure at the end of a game trail about 150 yards away. It appeared to be at least six feet tall and covered in long matted black hair. He described it as being muscular but not thick in the torso. A researcher saw a silhouette of a large figure walking between two trees by the light of the moon. A short time later he observed what was presumably the same figure while using night vision binoculars. A man was driving on a country road south of Falk after dark when he noticed red eye shine in the woods. As he approached, he could make out the form of a large humanoid figure standing flush with the line of trees. And finally, a couple driving south of smack over 65 miles from Falk saw a tall, upright animal dart into the woods around 11 p.m. The couple described it as being very large, at least six to seven feet tall, and definitely not human. Its eyes reflected in the headlights before it ran off with a swiftness that was way too quick for a human, they reported. And just last year, there were two reported sightings for 2021. A witness reports seeing a hairy ape-like creature run across a country road during daylight hours. He described it as looking like an orangutan, with reddish hair. And a few days after the witness saw the red-colored animal in the previous report, a researcher sees what appears to be a large red animal move through the woods near Mercer Bayou during daylight hours. As these recent reports indicate, it does not look like sightings of the Falk monster will subside anytime soon. After an initial surge of attention, Public interest in the creature decreased until it gained national recognition again in 1973 when Charles B. Pierce released a docudrama horror film about the creature called The Legend of Boggy Creek. By late 1974, interest had waned again and sightings all but stopped, only to begin again in March 1978 when tracks were reportedly found by two brothers prospecting in Russellville, Arkansas, and there were also sightings in Center Ridge, Arkansas, both areas about 200 miles north of Falk. On June 26th of that same year, a sighting was reported in Crossett, Arkansas, about 120 miles east of Falk. 
During this period, the creature was blamed for missing livestock and attacks on several dogs. Since the initial clusters of sightings during the 1970s, there were sporadic reports of the creature. In 1991, the creature was reportedly seen jumping from a bridge. There were 40 reported sightings in 1997, and in 1998, the creature was reportedly sighted in a dry creek bed five miles south of Bow. Of course, there are skeptics of anything supernatural having occurred, or that some unknown cryptid is roaming the countryside. One month after the Ford sighting, Southern State College, now known as Southern Arkansas University, archaeologist Frank Schombach determined there is a 99% chance the tracks are a hoax. According to Schombach, the tracks could not be from a species of ape, as claimed by witnesses, because they were from a three-toed creature, whereas all primates, including hominids, have five toes. In addition to the number of toes, Schombach cited other anomalies as part of his conclusion. The region had no history of primate activity, ruling out the possibility of the creature being the remnants of an indigenous species. And primates are only active in daytime, but the Falk monster was reported to be nocturnal. There's never been any question in my mind that it was always a hoax, he said. There are no higher primates other than man in the Americas, Schombach said. Scientific evidence is totally against it. It's just mass hysteria. People see things when their imaginations are excited. By 1986, the then-mayor of Falk, Virgil Roberts, and Miller County Sheriff Leslie Greer were of the opinion that the alleged Falk monster tracks were man-made. Roberts said he believed the monster was 100% hype. I'm convinced beyond any reasonable doubt that was a man-made track, he said. Feel like somebody walked out there with stilts on. I think they were trying to get attention here. Maybe they thought they could make a little money on it. I don't know. Sheriff Greer, who led expeditions of law officers through the steamy swamps, thought the tracks were faked. I don't think it did any harm. It created a lot of interest in Falk, and nobody got hurt, but a lot got excited, Greer said. It was just, I think, a rigged deal all the way through. I don't know why anybody would want to do it unless it was to put Falk on the map. Sheriff Greer's working colleague at that time, Chief Deputy H.L. Phillips, said that by 1986... He had not taken calls regarding the monster in years. We don't even keep a file anymore, he said at the time. A few years ago, someone called and said they'd found a cave along the Sulphur River where the monster was supposedly living. Nothing there. I don't believe in it. But I'd say you don't argue with people who say they've seen it. Many were respectable and responsible folk. The Skeptoid podcast concludes... So, in total, every last shred of evidence that the Falk monster exists at all is circumstantial. Not a single piece is testable. The Falk monster sits very poorly with the model of a living animal, but fits very well with a local legend. So, if the Falk monster is doubtful as a paranormal entity, is there a reasonable explanation? Could it be a bear or even an escaped ape of some kind? Well, that seems doubtful. Both apes and bears tend to be more active during the day, not at night. Nighttime is not their preferred hours of activity. And both bears and apes, while capable of walking upright for short distances, actually move on all fours. Apes in particular have an easily identified knuckle walk they rely on. 
and apes and bears in the wild generally try to avoid humans, if possible. Of the two possibilities, a bear would be a much more likely suspect. However, while black bears do exist in Arkansas, their range of habitat is farther north than the Falk area. However, those 1978 sightings far north of Falk would have been in bear country. So the odds that the Falk monster is either a bear or an ape seems extremely remote. The newspaper accounts of the early 1970s may have brought the creature to worldwide fame, fame cemented by the film's release, but sighting reports did not stop after Hollywood moved on. Near the small town of Falk, southeast of Texarkana, as we heard, people are still reporting encounters with this mysterious creature, even today. I've been to Falk. I've been to the Monster Mart and to Boggy Creek. It is a creek overgrown with trees and grasses, thick brush, a wilderness area, and looking out on the remote backwoods of the bottomlands, it really wasn't hard to imagine a lumbering huge creature making its way through the dark. So what are we left with then? It seems the most likely explanation is the sightings of the creature are either hoaxes or there really is something out there stalking through the Boggy Creek wilderness. But as usual, you will need to make up your own mind on that account. So, if you ever find yourself in Falk, or maybe even enjoying a nice stroll along Boggy Creek, keep your eyes peeled, and you might just spot the monster that lurks just beyond the tree line within the Sulphur River bottoms of southern Arkansas. Postscript. So, a bit of information on the film that helped to launch the legend of the Falk Monster. The Legend of Boggy Creek is a 1972 docudrama horror film about the Falk Monster. The movie filmed in Falk is a pseudo-documentary thriller about the creature and the town, and it stars some of the eyewitnesses and residents of Falk. The film mixes staged interviews with local residents who claim to have encountered the creature, along with reenactments of those encounters. The film's director and producer was an advertising salesman who convinced a local businessman to invest in the film and hired locals, mainly high school students, to help finish it. It has no big-name stars in it, and many in the film play themselves. The Legend of Boggy Creek was released theatrically and was a success, earning around $20 million at the box office in 1972. It actually was the 10th highest-grossing film of that year and open to generally favorable reviews. Though the film has an amateurist feel throughout, it does have some highly effective, creepy, and undeniably scary scenes. I remember seeing it as a teen and jumping in my seat a few times. It also does a credible job of beautifully photographing and highlighting the area of folk, particularly the natural wilderness. While it may come off to some as a bit cheesy at times, it still holds up rather well in telling the story of a major Arkansas and American cryptid. After the initial film, there would be four more Boggy Creek films. Of course, Hollywood always likes to try to cash in. However, none matched the original in storytelling or successful box office. The last film, a low-budget indie effort, was originally released in 2009 under the title The Skunk Ape Story, but was later re-edited and released to home video in 2011 as The Legacy of Boggy Creek. In short, 
the original film still holds up even if the low budget of the movie is evident on film. It still surprises with some chills and scares. So, if you get an opportunity, give it a viewing. I think you'll like it. And now it's time for the episode quiz. Well, if you went out to the Facebook page this week, and okay, you know I love to talk about the Facebook page. So every Monday, it is Monster Monday. We highlight a monster for you. Tuesday is the episode quiz, which you will get in just a moment with the answer. We only give the answer on the podcast. Wednesday, we highlight a film or book of a paranormal nature for you. And Thursday, we try to give you some recent paranormal news from out there in the world. So this Tuesday's question, Spring-Heeled Jack was most associated with what city? Was it A, Paris, B, London, C, New York City, or D, Hamburg? Once again, Spring-Heeled Jack was most associated with what city? Paris, London, New York City, or Hamburg? And the answer is... B. London. London is the correct answer. The Lord Mayor of London, Sir John Cowan, received complaints from several parts of London describing a demonic creature with eyes like balls of fire and hands like icy claws and able to bound from rooftop to rooftop with ease. The police did not dismiss these stories, and even the Duke of Wellington, although nearly 70 years old, went out armed on horseback to hunt and kill the monster. A piece in the Illustrated Police News in 1877 mentioned springs to his boots and that he could jump to a height of 15 or 20 feet. Springhill Jack is considered a phantom attacker, like the mad gasser of Mattoon. Phantom attackers appear to be human, but they have extraordinary abilities and are never caught by the police. Their attacks are commonly witnessed by several people, but the creature's existence can never be confirmed. Descriptions of the creature do vary, but the significant characteristics were his goatee beard, pointed ears and horns, and flashing fiery eyes. Illustrations in the popular and sensationalist magazines called Penny Dreadfuls show him as a kind of version of the devil. Those living in the Victorian age did indeed make contact with something very strange and frightening. The one feature that never varied was his ability to jump, to leap over rooftops and across hedges. Such agility always allowed him to terrify his victims and to escape his pursuers. A bounder, indeed. For more on this bizarre entity, check out our eighth episode from last year, spring Jack, Demon or Phantom. Well, folks, our next episode of the Paranormal Factor podcast we're going to discuss the fascinating topic of astral projection. We'll explore what it is, where the concept came from, whether science supports its existence, what is the argument for its use, and of course, cautionary tales of its use. So please join us next week for an intriguing investigation into the astonishing topic of astral projection. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco. 
courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show, please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by.